Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Philip, one of those biblical figures we wish we knew more about. Uh, in fact, what we have in Scripture is so sketchy that it's awfully easy sometimes for folks to conflate Philip the disciple or apostle with Philip the evangelist whom we have here in this narrative. Started out as a deacon. Don't know if he got any further than that. Um, Greek maybe. Uh, pretty well trusted obviously uh, in being made a deacon. It was to him that as to another from another era came the call of the Lord, rise and go. This one not so much to Nineveh, uh, this one to go mm, south. How far? Uh, south, in the desert. Um, pretty tough first call. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch. Again, not a real promising start to things. Uh, eunuch. Um, he may have been Greek, but I'm sure he knew some of those harsh words that Leviticus and Deuteronomy have to say about you eunuch-like people. And a Gentile. An African Gentile who may have made a long trip to Jerusalem to worship, and yet he's making a long trip home away from the kind of situation that allows faith to live and to be nurtured easily in the holy city. But this was uh, not your ordinary eunuch. Although I guess I really don't know all that many ordinary eunuchs. Uh, this eunuch happened to be, as Scripture uh, describes him, uh, one who was in charge of all the treasury, different translation from what we had, in charge of all the treasury of the queen of the Ethiopians. Really slightly above the pay scale of Philip, what do you figure? Um, to make the picture even stranger, the Lord says to Philip, now you go, uh, again, another translation, draw near the uh, chariot of this eunuch, or I guess if we'd put it more in today's categories, uh, this uh, Mercedes convertible that the eunuch is riding in, uh, draw near, walk along with that one. And uh, you have to picture in your mind Philip kind of going into jogging mode, right? Weaving his way, what I figure probably was a whole retinue of chariots. You don't figure that someone who is in charge of all the treasury of the queen of the uh, Ethiopians is traveling alone down in that isolated desert, right? Because he's going to need help to eat and he's going to need a place to somehow spend a night maybe. And besides that, pretty dangerous, pretty hairy place down there. Anyhow, Philip goes into jogging mode and makes his way through to that chariot. And the uh, point of all of that is that um, this uh, eunuch in his Mercedes convertible uh, with all of his status and his riches and his finery, 
uh, kind of struggling to make sense out of something pretty important to him. He'd been to worship in Jerusalem. Got scriptures right there. You figure not too many people had scriptures that they could just take home, right? And um, Philip, uh, at the Spirit's direction, sent to track down this man and to provide answers to the questions that he just was not making sense of. And so he tracked him down and filled out his understanding of Scripture and filled out his worship and washed him clean in the serendipitous gift of water right in the middle of the desert. And the Spirit took Philip away, mission accomplished, and the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. You kind of wonder, because we don't hear any more about that eunuch, right? You kind of wonder, you know, what, uh, what all went on when, when he got back home again, right? I uh, have to kind of add him to a whole list of people, a very intriguing list of people like that in Scripture who were touched and changed by the gospel and went to a home that was not located right in holy territory where most of the scriptures were written, and you don't, even, don't know any more about them. Like the three wise men, what do you figure? Or the Gerizim demoniac, or the Greeks who wanted to see Jesus, or the centurion at the cross. Hmm, wise men, the Gerizim demoniac, the Greeks, the centurion, and now this Ethiopian eunuch. There's something big going on here. There's something really big going on here. Uh, you have the feeling that somehow in the scripture that God has given us as rich and important and clear about the fulcrum of history, it's only a teaser in terms of what God is really unleashing on this world. God is at work all over. Would you believe an example from our day? Would you believe the personal physician of Chairman Mao Zedong who ruled China with a heavy, brutal hand for many years, lived with him, had his beck and call for 22 long years behind the Iron Curtain, uh, had been a Christian in early days, and in his latter days made his way to the United States. He stepped in an a elevator on the lakefront of uh, Chicago, and the Lord sent a missionary, one who had been a missionary in Taiwan, who spoke Chinese, to that same elevator at that same time, and conversation began, and bottom line is that this man who served the chairman all those days joined one of our LCMS congregations in Chicagoland and died one of us, one of the Lord's.
Lord's got a claim on this world. Lord's got a thing for this world. This is his world. Back to Acts 8. After this divinely arranged meeting, the Spirit took Philip away. And while the Ethiopian eunuch went on his way rejoicing, probably smiling all the way back to Ethiopia, Philip started heading north. And he went to Azotus. We Hebrew speakers would prefer Ashdod, thank you. And preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Gentile turf the whole way. In Romans 11, Paul refers to himself as the apostle to the Gentiles. Uh, Peter once in in Acts 15, and he says, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. And Philip beat them both. And he's only a deacon. Three apostles to the Gentiles. And Thomas, he got four. Who knows how many others there that didn't make the scriptures and yet were part of that outreach of the Lord. Well, it doesn't matter because there are enough Gentiles to go around. Um, and Christ died for them all. Maybe we ought to say it, Christ died for us all. Gentiles, one and all. So that we take our place rejoicing like the eunuch that God has found us. God dispatched people into our lives, right? With us as his intent. And rejoicing like Philip as we are led by the Spirit to directions and destinations not clear. We may think we know where we're going. Into the lives of people we can hardly imagine, all kinds and sorts, to touch people in ways we're not always aware of. For like Philip, we are the Lord's as well. And that's where the joy is. And it makes going our ways rejoicing part of our witness, part of our gift, all the way until the day that rejoicing is forever. In the name of Christ, amen.